Welcome back to the future of supply chain here at Rogers, Arkansas. I am here today with Eric Fullerton, the senior director of product marketing for one of my favorite companies, Project 44. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I'll take that intro. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Killed it, right? And for everyone out there, Project 44 is this amazing company that's focused on bringing visibility products to the market. And all of last year, I spent so much time writing about the wonderful acquisitions and different strategic moves that your company made to get the insight that I believe you're prepared to start putting products behind. And we're here talking about the future of supply chain, right? So now that we've got acquired all this data, now that we've got all these use cases behind us, we've acquired everything from ocean insights, quite literally, down to convey. What's the next steps? How are we going to actually make this visibility uh, data and, and products uh, actionable for all of our consumers and supply chain actors out there? Yeah, so I think there's a couple things. And when we, when we think about visibility, I kind of think it, it's like the building blocks to do a lot more. So with some of the acquisitions that we made in you know, different modes, whether it be last mile, like you mentioned, Ocean, uh, even into you know, the EU and rail and barge and things like that, it's all about connecting that ecosystem as much as we possibly can. Uh, there's still a long way to go in terms of connecting it when we think about globally what visibility looks like for the U.S. versus Latin America or, or China. Um, but that's kind of like phase one. And then I kind of think there's two areas that we're going to build off from that baseline of visibility. And the first is around the, the workflow solutions. So now that you have better data, you now know where maybe something is or maybe where it is not or how much it is delayed. And then your process to solve that is often very manual. There's sometimes a lot, maybe too much paper involved in that process. Way too much. Way too much paper. <laughs> uh, it's emails, it's phone calls, it's, it's, it's difficult. So how do, you, how do you turn that and use you know, things like APIs or you know, UIs within a platform to then see and do? And I think that's, that's phase, you know, the, the next phase of, of that piece of it. And then the data part, more data tools, platforms, and um, different offerings within that to expose and share the data in a way that's more consumable than one person looking through a massive data ecosystem. Uh, it's that workflow and that data, I think, are the two kind of next phases and stages of, of where we're headed. Yeah, I love this. Talking to a lot of your leadership, it's been about making supply chain uh, easier for your customers to uh, engage in and, and produce products and, and real true offerings at the end of the day. And I guess I'm interested in how you work with your customer base on the data intelligence side of it, not just sharing where the product is at a certain time, but using that insight to make better decisions for the supply chain or even educating them on how to read data, because it's, it's difficult. Even someone like myself, if we have Sonar, it's a really great product, but it takes education and learning. How do you work with your customers to make sure that they understand that insight? Yeah, well, fortunately, we have a data science team that at Project 44, uh, you know, I think dozens of people, and they are much smarter than me on that space, and that always helps. Um, but part of that is taking a lot of that like that learning and pulling that away from the user and presenting it in a non-complicated way. So there's a couple examples I can I can share, right? So we have a, a new solution we just 
rolled out to market. It's called Port Intel. We were able to take all of the data from all of those individual ocean assets and all those specific containers and vessels. And then we're able to pull that into this really beautiful UI. You can actually click and look at any port all over the world and see import, export, you know, birthing, dwell time, all those different capabilities. And like, that's cool because it's a UI and you don't have to do that modeling yourself. But we have a customer who we're working with right now, a, a large shoe brand located in the West Coast. Um, I'll let you, you can, you can decide. Um, and when we were through the buying process with them, they were hearing from their executives that, why are you going through Long Beach? You don't know what you're doing. So what we were able to help them do is take that data, port it into another BI tool that they use, as well as our UI. So like they can actually do some screenshots and some sharing. They pull that into their, their business intelligence solution. And we're actually able to map and prove out that no, Mr. Executive, like I do actually know what I'm doing. This is more efficient and more, you know, from a time and cost perspective than alternative routes of, of this port or that port. So yeah. like to me, that's what gets really interesting. Um, and then it's about being specific with what using like saying machine learning is just another, it's just two words. And until you're specific about like how those algorithms work, like you can identify a missing truck number, for example, like that is then a use case, right? So from, I think it's like from terminology and phrases to real life use cases is how those things start to click in people's heads when we talk to them. Yeah. And uh, one huge thing, and clearly we're big fans of at Freight Waves, and, and I know Project 48.4 is as well, is the sustainability side of this industry. And I love that word because, it, one, we're talking, of course, the environment, two, the sustainability of just having a, a supply chain that works efficiently, right? How are you working with your customers now that you have all of this insight to make sure that that, that action is being made and that you're teaching them how to really make sure that they're protecting their environment, but also building that strong, viable supply chain over time. Yeah, I think what's interesting is we're seeing this trend of, depending on the region, it's either you're getting you know, pressure from government or maybe you're maybe getting it just from your executives, or your board to really focus on this type of thing uh, when, when it comes to sustainability. And I think the, the, the reality is you can't action what you can't measure, right? Like you can't fix anything if you don't know how to measure it first. And it's the same thing we were just talking about about getting all these things online. Like how do you then surface that information so that you can make decisions? Because the dream, well, I'm, there's many dreams, but one of the dreams is to be able to make a decision on how you're going to deliver freight from one place to the other based on cost, based on speed, and based on sustainability, and then enable your business to do those things. So for us, we have a lot of you know, data points around if by using us, we actually can save a lot of paper with some of our APIs and our LTL offerings. And that's really nice and cool. But it's actually about the extended visibility. That's kind of how I think about like we have the baseline visibility. I know an asset. And then there's extended visibility, which is like emissions visibility for a given given asset or a given lane and um, working on that, you know, right now we're working on ocean and we're working on over the road uh, in Europe to provide that sustainability, you know, that, that emissions visibility for an individual shipment and then, you know, really allow them to, to actually communicate that out. Because 
I learned about how like the impact of scope three emissions and how much of that comes from supply chain. McKinsey said about 60% of that, and that's 90% of a company's emissions, like the things they don't own. So being able to first measure it, then decision on it, and then, you know, I think that has a lot of interesting downstream effects. And it's also kind of nice. Like, I feel good about that, you know? Three is one of the hardest things to really track. And it takes a lot of information from every single chain of that supply. I hate saying that, it's chain of the supply chains, but the supplier, the supplier, the supplier, and where they're building at is, and how they're getting their own energy, and even the buildings around them. So it's, uh, I'm glad that you guys are setting that path. And, you know, one piece that I'm really excited, and clearly you touched on this, is now that we're moving almost out of the U.S. more, and Mm -hmm. starting to build visibility into places that are just starting to increase their mobile um, device ability, yeah, right? Yeah, mobile apps. Yeah, or, right? So Latin America is one of them. When I um, read about your, the Chinese aspect, mm-hmm. being able to track the uh, assets, which right now, right, when we're dealing with Shanghai, once right. that opens up, we're going to want to know where those assets are. How do you feel Project 4 is leading the way in order to really watch and, and find that guidance outside of the domestic U.S.? Yeah, I think part of it is the way we've grown like what we did in LATAM, for example, and what we're now doing in China and Japan. Yes, there's product that's a part of it, but it's people. So expanding into a new region is not like, we have a sales rep and we have a BDR. (laughs) Like you need boots on the ground and operational people with that expertise and experience to understand how these things fundamentally work. Because the difference between Thailand and Brazil is is very, very real. Mm -hmm. And, And you can extend that you know, comparison on and on and on. Um, so it's about expanding, you know, properly and holistically without just saying, yeah, we can sell that or we can do that. And then, of course, you're going to have to do some partnerships. You can think about, you know, getting IoT on individual or physical trucks. It could be through mobile apps. Some things are more palatable for other regions than others. Yeah. And it, you might not know that if you're not there. Yeah. Uh, and, and getting that input from, from those folks who have the experience. Yeah. You've added leadership in all of those areas that I think is going to really help you expand even quicker in those uh, sections as well. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, last thing I want to touch on, too, is one of my favorite things is, you know, as we're starting to see a lot of companies think about maybe moving where their suppliers are, geopolitical issues, being able to quickly figure out, okay, maybe my supply chain is better off set up in a different way. You guys now have the supply chain twin partnership with Google, right? Which is incredible. Can you speak on that briefly for us? Yeah, so I'm not sure. Oh, there we go. My mic's good. I'm there ready we go. to go. <laughs> uh, I just, I was really excited. So I might, I yeah. thought I was going to yell we into it. We love supply so chain twins good. so much. We do. We actually talk about this more than we would like to admit. Yeah. But so to start like this, the supply chain digital twin initiative, it's essentially a, how do you create a, a digital representation of a physical process or physical good? And with the supply chain, obviously, it is a process and it is a complex one with lots of links or lots of chains, depending on how you think about it. And we were actually approached by Google to provide one of what I would think of as kind of the key building blocks of a, of a digital twin for supply chain. So I, it's, it's ERP, it's TMS, and it's visibility. Yeah. Um, so, that, you know, they work with some other companies and providers to kind of port all that information in, they put it in in BigQuery, which is great. And they present it in all these Looker apps that you can, these dashboards you can actually share out with people. And like that, that's, that's really cool. But I think what's exciting about it is 
yeah, Google wanted to work with us. Actually, that is super exciting. Yeah. But um, the concept of a of having a digital twin to solve the supply chain challenges that we're experiencing today yeah. and really thinking about that super holistically uh, is, is pretty interesting. But yeah, so, so the, the Google Cloud initiative is cool. And, and, and beyond that, actually, like the accessibility of freight technology is, is becoming more and more. I mean, you know, Google's reaching out to us. You can actually get Project 44 today on the Google Marketplace. Wow. Right. So, so I think about like the future of how yeah. people are acquiring, acquiring and using technology. I, I think that's something that, that, that's pretty cool. But um, for, for the supply chain, there's a lot of, lot of different things we could, we could go there, though. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm ready if you are. Yeah. Do, do we have 20 minutes? No, no, I not so time. much. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because imagine a world where you could literally to visually see your supply chain and say, you know what, maybe I want to go with the, this vendor, this supplier in Vietnam and be able to, in a click of a button, when we talk about sustainability, think of the paperwork behind a procurement process like yep. that. It's intense. Yep. So um, I'm really excited that you guys are heading a lot of these initiatives. Anything else we can get excited for seeing from Project 44 this year? Yeah, um, there's a lot of things going on right now. I mean, we've obviously saying? grown tremendously and we've added a lot of great people <laughs> and we've you know, quadrupled our product set, essentially. Uh, the thing I am most excited about is, as you mentioned, we've got, there's a lot of acquisition that have happened in the past, you know, year, year and a half. Yeah. And one thing some of our customers are asked, or sometimes the market is like, how are you going to solve for that? Right? No one wants to tab here and tab there. Um, so what we're rolling out this year is a brand new unified platform for all of these things. So we're going to answer that question and have it in a, in a very unified way. And, you know, it happens to look really awesome, but that's not the point, right? It's, yeah. it's actually creating a solution and a platform that works how people work, yeah. which is, well, actually, I have hundreds of tabs up, but, but <laughs> the way that people should work, which is, you know, to unify that through, through one specific place, because it really doesn't matter if it's ocean or it doesn't matter if it's over the road or it doesn't matter if it's rail. Yeah. You need to get that access and information, then you can unify it. And then the data, by the way, gets even more compelling and you can, you can you know, run some algorithms off that to then start predicting things like, I don't know, not just when something's going to get somewhere, but what its likelihood to be delayed is, for example. Yeah. And, and those are the types of interesting specific use cases I think are really interesting. So new platform. Um, I'll, I'll let you know. Right, uh, like, as right a freight before. tech nerd that likes to write about yeah. it, I'm gonna. I can't wait to demo for it. Sure. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us for the uh, first day of future supply chain. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Grace. <laughs>